Hi, and welcome to the Sailorville Church podcast. My name is Abe Miller, here with Pat Nemers once again. We are in the Ephesians series, The Church at War, and uh, this week is one of your favorites, I'm sure, uh, The Sword of the Spirit, verse 17, and uh, good good challenge. This will be a good good conversation, talking about the, the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This series is winding down, and yeah, I, I was uh, sort of licking my chops at this yeah. one a little bit, but almost too much so. I I, I mean, this is, uh, this is, you know, my wheelhouse, what I love, love, this, love Scripture, love talking about Scripture, everything about Scripture, and of course, this is very particular. This is the Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and not, uh, not just any word, but the rhema of God, and that became... Uh, really the the big talking point uh, in the sermon. Yeah. Yeah, and I I love I was excited to hear this message cuz I know you love the word of God. It's always been something, you know, we've been together over 20 years. It's always been something that has been at the forefront. It's what you remind the staff of. It's what you talk to our leadership about is are you spending time with God? Are you spending time with in the word, do you love the word? Do you cherish the word? Do you read? I was just telling somebody the other day about. I said I remember several years ago when Pastor was talking about, um, you know, you can read books, but make sure you read the book first. You know, and you even mentioned that in the message too yeah. about you know yeah. being one click away from truth. So I know this is always something that's you've pushed since day one. Yeah. It's not been something that you wavered on, but I think that is what has has made Sailorville what it is, the Engage Network what it is, and it. if we get away from that, then we're on a slippery slope, you know, if we get away from what the, what the Bible actually is saying. I remember reading a, a short biography of John Bunyan, the author, famous author of The Pilgrim's Progress, The Holy War, and a few other books, but The Pilgrim's Progress is what everybody remembers him by. And it was Spurgeon who said, if you cut Bunyan in half, he'd bleed Bible verses. And uh, so... What I read in this or not this biography rather, <clears throat> was uh, that a visitor to John Bunyan uh, toward the end of his life before he died, and uh, he died actually uh, having gone to a home to uh, intercede between a father and a son who were at aught with each other, tried to counsel them, but he came back in a, in a rainstorm and caught pneumonia and died. But somebody who visited his home not long before he died, they noticed that he had a bookshelf, and the only thing on his bookshelf were, was uh, were some Bibles and a couple of copies of the Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, he didn't have a giant library, but he was so filled with the Word of God. Spurgeon said that you couldn't read anything about Bunyan without finding some scripture or an allusion to scripture within it. And uh, you know, I can't say I'm like John Bunyan. I wish I was, but I do love the Word of God, and so. Uh, this is very specific. It's not just about the Word of God, but you know how it how it works in our life. How special verses can jump out at us and things like that. And I'm thinking you have a few questions to throw at me, so we'll yeah. go from there. Well, I was going to ask you just over you've been you've been a follower of Jesus for thirty, uh, forty years. 40 Actually, years. forty years in September it was yeah. my fortieth spiritual birthday. Mm -hmm. So, just talk quickly about how you have just seen God's Word work in your own life, the, the, just the power. Cause I think that's the, 
to me, that was the, one of my takeaways is just the power of the word of God. It's not mm-hmm. just some textbook that we read or check off in the morning, but like it is transforming lives. It's yeah. changing lives. It's changed your life and ministry. I mean, just talk a little bit about how that and your importance of spending time with the Lord in the morning. I mean, just talk a little bit about that because I think that's just it's just a testament of consistency and the power of God. Yeah, I know. I mean, I wish I could point back to some moment, uh, but it had to be previous to salvation. I know that because, uh, you know, when I was, uh, my brother was sharing the gospel with me, a guy that I worked with shared the gospel with me. It seems like God was putting people around me that were Bible-believing Christians of, of various stripes. They weren't all uh, you know, would, I mean, a number of them would not fit into our theological circles today. One of them particularly was a flat-out uh, hyper-charismatic, uh, holy roller, the whole nine yards mm-hmm. kind of a guy. But he did love his Bible, and he witnessed faithfully to me. And somewhere in there, I, you know, what I'd always been taught to believe as a Roman Catholic boy growing up, I was taught that the Bible was the Word of God. Now, I know that I made a comment in the message about having a big Bible, and we dusted it and stuck flowers in there, but I don't ever remember reading it and, or anyone else in my family. That's a true statement. But, it, but one, I'll tell you, reverencing the Bible was instilled in me very young. In fact, as a little Catholic boy, I was taught— by the priest, that if we dropped a Bible, like we were all given a little Catholic Bible when we were little, I think for First Communion, and we were taught in class, if you drop the Bible, you were not just to pick it up, you were to pick it up and kiss it Mm. before you put it down. And, uh, but so the reverence for the word, I guess, you know, as a religious relic or whatever, or, uh, uh, but something happened there. I really believe that. Now, I didn't study it, but so when, 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 uh, when, when I was witnessed to and finally believed, I mean, I, man, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was convinced in the process, God has spoken to us through his word. And boy, if that's the case, I got to hear from him every day. And, uh, and it's a true statement. God, God knows I I've said it since September 6, 1982. There's never been one day that I've not read my Bible. Not one. If that's, I mean, there may have been a couple days in those early days. I'm not aware of it. I, I can't imagine there was, so best as I know, I've never left the house without reading my Bible. Wow. And it's not a legalistic thing to me. It's a, I get to hear from God. So I'm going to read my Bible and I'll hear from God. So that, so that makes it very special to me. And then, you know, picking a good time. In fact, today, Abe, I was going to challenge. We didn't have the time because, as you know, I had some special circumstances that kept me away this morning from our staff meetings for a while. But I was going to, I was going to start off by asking you guys, can you, can you pick one time where you— Tell us, you know, one experiential time where you were spending time in the Bible and you just had this God moment where it just like, oh my, you were just, you were just slayed by some mm. passage. And I am going to come back to that because that, that factors into the subject at hand that is the rhemas of God. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that just, that's been something that you have, over the years, I know there's been times where you have shared the gospel with people and it's like just the right verse came at just the right time, or you spoke a word of truth to somebody, you know, in the church or whatever. And it was like, man, they, it, it was that piercing. It was mm-hmm. the sword. It was mm-hmm. the thing like, yeah, just this time, that's exactly what they needed to hear. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I think that's probably probably the majority of the time, but talk a little bit about the difference between, Logos and Rhema, what it means, what's the difference, and and what 
what are the we can get into the ramas and kind of how yeah. that goes. Well, they are they're different words, but they both mean word. W O R D and uh, Lagos has some deep, deep theological and philosophical background to it in the Greek language, which we're not going to get into right now. But uh, rhema just means a utterance or a word or a precise word. And, uh, and it is the word that Paul chose to use to the Ephesians. And I think it's what's, what's the word picture of it all. And I didn't develop this too much, but I did mention the fact that the a sword that the soldiers used was a short sword. It wasn't that broad short uh, sword that uh, we picture sometimes soldiers using, but it was that hand-to-hand short sword that needs a precise, you know, jab that's going to get to the heart or whatever you're going for. Uh, and it's in that context that Paul uses the word rhema. And so it does mean a specific word. And you talked about timing. As you were talking about timing, a, a scripture came to my mind. Uh, Proverbs 15, 23 says, a word spoken at just the right time, mm-hmm. how good it is. And I think those that's what rhemas are. I think they're, they're words uh, that are spoken to you from the word of God at just the right time. And sometimes if we're talking to other people, it's a word that we speak at just the right time. And, it, and we can... And, Lives are changed as a result of that. That's how important those words are. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, and even in your message, you were talking about uh, sharing the gospel with people and giving them truth. The truth will set them free, set you free, you know, evangelistically, right? Mm-hmm. Which you are, that is who you are. You you lean that way. You lead that way. Your personality and God has gifted you in that way. So talk about the, the from a, sharing the gospel with people is it is it just like you've got your your list of verses that you just fire at people <laughs> like i'm going to go down through my formula and everything or or you know in the moment you're you're listening you're praying you're you're listening you're going back and forth and god gives you that verse and it's like that's the rhema that's the verse for right now like so talk a little bit about evangelism but then how does that move over to christian to christian community groups families and the rhemas, those those yeah. specific words or the specific truth. Because, yeah. I mean, the other thing that I was thinking was like, well, yeah, you know, you're you're the lead guy. You're It's what you do. You spend time in the Word. You study the Word. You're an exhorter. But how does that, for the person listening, how, how does, there's a lot of questions in there, but let's yeah, start with are. the beginning. Um, just evangelism and then moving into Christian to Christian. Well, I'm going to say Lagos produces rhemas. In other words, if you're reading all of Scripture and regularly, and you know I'm a huge advocate of that, you start, start stuff starts to click. I mean, stuff you start to remember things. You, we all talk to people say, well, you know, it doesn't matter what I read, I forget what I read. I don't really buy that. I mean, if you read, if you read something and you and you like, especially if you read the Scripture and believe that it's the Word of God, uh, then you're going to drink it in like it's the Word of God and. Eventually, some of that stuff's going to start to, you're going to build up this reservoir of truth, you know. And then as you're reading Scripture, the rhema of Scripture to me, as you're, let's just picture you're, you're sitting down, you have the Bible open in your lap, like I do, like you do, and you're reading the Bible, and that verse that jumps out at you, like this, this morning in my Bible reading, I was reading in Genesis, I think 35, is that where it is, where... Uh, where uh, Jacob, after he's wrestled with God and after he's uh, uh, reconciled with Esau, 
Then God appears to him and tells him to go back to Bethel where I first appeared to you. And that really, man, when I read that, I just, it just arrested me. Now there's the rest of it. He goes and he actually does that. Uh, and he has, you know, his, his servants are burying their idols or getting rid of their idols. There's a lot of stuff that goes along with it. But the first thing is God says to him, go back to Bethel where I met with you before. That was many years earlier. And that's what I was thinking, man, that was such a time in Jacob's life. It was tra a transforming time. And so he does that. And I was just thinking about, oh, Lord, just to go back to some of those moments in my life where you've met with me and you changed my life. I mean, in that moment, God changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel. And uh, so I just thinking about that. To me, that was a rhema. That was like, oh, my, just think about that time. Okay, what's the purpose of it? Well, to be grateful. Thank you, Lord, for those transforming moments in my life where you confronted me with an attitude that I had or with a, with a direction I needed to go or with a person I needed to go talk to or with a scripture I needed to study or preach or whatever. And uh, so those are rhemas. I think I, as we read the word of God, it's, it's the proverbial verse or scripture or even line. It doesn't have to be a chapter and verse, but maybe just a chapter and a half a verse, you know. Yeah. It's a line that comes out and just grabs you and, uh, and arrests you. And I don't think you should ignore those lines. To me, that is God talking to you. In fact, in fact, I'll go a step further. People will say, well, how do you, you memorize, you know, weird scriptures and stuff. Not, not that any scripture is weird, but I mean, like obscure passages, you know. Uh, I don't look for obscure passages. The ones that I've memorized over the years are usually those rhemas that jump out. I feel like that's God talking to me saying, this is the one I want you to remember. Okay, so take that to memory. And the next thing I know, I'm sitting there having a conversation with somebody and the scripture comes up. It's like crazy. Mm. And uh, and so, no, I don't go into a conversation. Like just the other day I'm talking to, I actually mentioned his name was Brian. I didn't mention his name. This African-American dude, uh, hopefully, hopefully a new friend. I hope I get to see him again. Didn't see him in church on Sunday. I hope I'll see him sometime. And uh, I saw him at the gym, and he talked to me, and we started talking. And I could see we were going to interact. I mean, you could tell right away when you're talking, okay, this guy, he wants to be friends. So let's talk, you know. And uh, so we just talked about our whole old, old town. We were, you know, if you just take a real interest in somebody, you find out all these connections. He was from Waterloo. I'm from Waterloo. You know, he wrestled. I wrestled. Greatest sport. Oh, hey, man. And uh, so back and forth we were going and, uh, and it just was very natural to bring up spiritual truth, you know, to be able to say, so are you like a church going guy? Yeah, he says, you know, and he, and I'm not going to tell on this podcast with, but he, as it turned out, he, was had a same kind of a background, kind of a an inverted background of mine. It was funny. We I even joked with him, but I said I used to be that. Now we kind of so we just had some fun with it, and and it was light and it was enjoyable. But then it was very natural for me to say, but you know, when I was 24, I was working for John Deere, and I kind of just gave him a, just a quick synopsis. Didn't bear down hard on it. Shared the gospel with him. He turns around and shares an experience with me. Now, it wasn't the gospel. It was kind of like a, you know, hearing from God kind of a thing. Got tears in his eyes. Mm. I don't know how, I'll tell you this, it was a real experience. Whether it was a truthful experience, I don't know. But, you know, in that moment, and these is one of the things I've learned over the years is uh, don't uh, shame somebody's experience. Yeah. And so I, I did not shame his experience. Rather, I, I, I leaned into it. I said, man, so you really have had an experience. Yeah, yeah, I have. I said, I'd love to talk to you about that further. And so that's kind of where we left it. But 
I, I can't even remember what scripture I might have shared at the time, but uh, it, that was a moment that was very, very precious to me. And I look at every opportunity to share the gospel as a precious opportunity, whether they get saved or listen or anything. So that's, that's the way I roll. But as scripture comes to my mind, I don't have a list that comes into my mind. I, I, I just sort of roll with it and I share as, as I go. Yeah. So quickly, do you, like when you read in the morning, I mean, how often do you get those special moments? Because I think some people think like, oh, you get those every day. Yeah. Every time you read, you have this like, <laughs> oh, it's an aha moment from God. Uh, no, no, that's not true. In fact, I think I have a lot of times where I, I'm done reading and maybe praying. And it's like I, I, it, it seems dry. It wasn't very special to me. I don't want to say that because I, I, I don't want to sound weird. I just, I just love my time with yeah. God. Uh, but there are special times uh, where you just sort of have this pause moment because you're in the Word, you're hearing from God, and something very special and very personal occurs. And I think if you enter, if a person reads their Bible with that anticipation that he's going to or she's going to hear from God, I think you will most of the time. And uh, But don't be um, discouraged. There's a scripture that came to my mind just now, Psalm 119, I think it's verse 83. I'm not looking at it, so I could be wrong. But anyway, it says, um, uh, I'm like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. In other words, I'm dry. And some mm -hmm. people feel like that. I've had people yeah. come to me, what do I do? I'm reading my Bible. It's really dry. I tell them, keep reading your Bible. Because yeah. I think God designed some of those dry slots to come into our lives just to see if we'll trust him and keep reading and to hear from him. So I have those I have those. It's not like the dew of heaven comes down every time I read. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, you know, the spirit, what you mentioned at the end, you know, you, you had said, I didn't talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works in us and moves and gives us those, those special moments. But so when you're sharing the gospel with somebody and even other, other Christians or people in your life, how does the spirit interact? How do you interact with the spirit to like know? Because, you know, so someone could say, I, I know all sorts of scripture. I've memorized all sorts of scripture. So I'm just going to keep firing scripture at somebody <laughs> and just bring scripture after scripture. I mean, isn't that God's truth? Isn't that, isn't that what's challenging people? Isn't yeah. that what convicts? You know, so how, how do you, how do you know when to listen, <laughs> when to bring the rhema, bring yeah. that specific word and when to just sit back? And let, yeah. Well, th those are great questions, and I'm still a learner in those areas. I I I like to think of myself as the best listener I've ever been, and I still am not a good listener as I ought to be. And I'm still trying to be a better listener. I really am. I'm th I think about that all the time when I'm talking to people. Listen to them. Listen to them. I mean, really listen to them. Uh, in other words, don't listen to them like, yeah, now I'm going to talk. You know, not like that. You know, that I, I was like that one time. Okay, well, you get done so I can start talking and tell you about Jesus. Uh, that is <laughs> stupid. That's really dumb. And I, I've played that. I've, I've laid that dumb card down more often than I count. So uh, Proverbs 16, one says, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. I love that verse. I'll give it to you again. The preparations of the heart belong to man. That's my responsibility to get my heart. My responsibility is to get my heart right with God. That's why I spend time with God. Memorize, meditate on scripture, that kind of thing. 
And the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So it's still my tongue he's using, but it's from the Lord then. And so I think that's the answer. I mean, you, uh, you get your heart right with God and then the Lord leads in that particular moment. And, uh, I can't explain it beyond the fact that it happens. Um, uh, and, and again, how a word spoken at just the right time that I think I just thought of this, a word spoken at just the right time, how good it is. Doesn't that also imply that there are wrong times to say a good word? I mean, mm-hmm. you just said, I got all kinds of verses of scripture and I know that isn't, that doesn't impress God. Right. <laughs> God's not impressed with my knowledge. Uh, uh, I just thought of another scripture, Proverbs 15, verse 3 says, uh, uh, speaks of uh, a word rightly spoken. Okay. So the, he who has knowledge uh, speaks words uh, rightly. So it's not just the knowledge, but it's the right, the right way the words uh, come about. And that's where I think we interact with the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit doesn't come and appear to me, and he doesn't uh, speak into my mind and say, well, this is it, you dummy, use this verse. Uh, no, I just, it just happens. And, but you can kind of sense those moments. I mean, anybody who's walked with God has had those moments where, oh, man, you could just tell God was leading. And those are special moments. Yeah. They really are. And I think, I think that's where the ramus come out. That's where the scripture comes up into your mind and your thinking. You're not just ramming it down somebody's throat. I think uh, both you and I know of a, of a gentleman that was in our church for years who you, you never saw him. If you didn't have, he always had a track sticking out of his uh, little uh, shirt pocket, you know, always had a track. You see it was a track there, but it made him look so special and so, so spiritual and so evangelistic. And he talked a lot about it, but I don't remember him leading anybody to the Lord. Uh, and he was kind of one of those guys that just kind of sp- just started talking, you know, not, didn't necessarily engage with people, just preached at them. And I don't think that's what we should be doing. People need to be listened to, but we need to be ready to speak our truth when God's leading. Yeah. When the, when, uh, I think when we're walking with the Lord and confessing sin, I mean, I, I know in my own life, if I'm struggling in my own life or, whatever I, you know, I might not have great time with the Lord or you're not, you're not, I guess, as in tuned with, with the Lord. And in, in those moments, you're, you're not, you're not as obedient or not as willing or whatever. When God, like, you know, you don't want to engage somebody because there's, yep. there's, there's conflict there between you and the Lord. So I think as yep. you're, as you're reading, as you're confessing sin and then, yeah, you're praying that way, like, Lord, give, I want to hear from you. I, I need to be led by you in this conversation. And I and I think you're right. I think there's a sense in what you say. I mean, I feel like there's been times where I'm I'm like, should I should I say this right now to that person? Should I should I bring this up? And and God's like, no, don't bring that up. Mm. Don't talk about it. Like that mm. that's a selfish motivation. There's something you know your motivation is wrong. Mm. Versus, no, I think you should say that to them. That that is a word like you you sense that. This is the right thing. It's with the right heart. It's with the right motivation. And I need to say it, not not for my good, but for their good and for the good of the church or the good of the church people or the community group or whoever you're interacting with. I think it's, but those are, spe- those are special moments. I had, I had a situation like that several months ago where it was like, I really sensed like God was saying, no, you say it and say it confidently and strongly. And it was, and that guy, that guy to this day, says, oh man, when you, when you spoke that word to me, man, that I, I so needed that. Yeah. I needed that, you know? And, and for me, that was like so encouraging 
Yeah. Like God used me to speak truth to that guy. And it was like, it was a rhema. It was a, one of those moments, which is, which is fun. But like, what, what about the people who are out there saying like, yeah, but you're, you're an exhorter. You're a, you're a communicator. That's who you are. You have a strong personality. That's, I'm not that way. I'm an introvert. I'm shy. I'm, so how do I speak truth? How do I, how do I do that if I'm not that outgoing and confident? I don't know what to do. Well, the first thing I'd say is the command in Ephesians uh, six seventeen is not just to those who are type A people, and it's not just to it's to every it's to all of us. Take the whole, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So, the command is to all of us. It mm-hmm. doesn't have anything to do with our personality makeup. So, but I would say this as well, Abe. Um, I, I just want to also speak into something you just said. You just said there are times where you felt like the the Lord was telling you not to say something, and that's a big deal. And we don't get excited about things we're not we're t- we, but we get excited when we obey the Lord, no matter what. And I just I think about Acts sixteen, where the Apostle Paul is uh, he's going through uh, certain regions, and uh, and having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And we had got, when we went up to Mycia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. And so, I mean, you have the sense in which he was being told, no, 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 until finally, you know, they see this vision of a man from Macedonia saying, hey, come over here. And then they realize, okay, God's in this one. So I, I just want to speak into that. I mean, there's, we're talking about several things. We're talking about the rhema, but we're also talking about, the, remember, it's the, it's the sword of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit is the one who authors right. the Word of God. Right. He's the one who's leading us as well. So I do want to mention that. So the other thing is just, to those of you who are shy, who um, are introverts, uh, you know, the rhema of God, this isn't necessarily a witnessing text, but you, I mean, it's really close to that, you know, because right after that, he's saying, pray for me that I'll, that adore, you know, that I'll be able to speak the truth, you know, so there is, there is that, but just, just be open to God and, and, and approach scripture like anybody else would, that God is talking to you. And there surely is, unless you're mute, you can't talk. Surely there's somebody you can share this truth with to encourage them. And who knows, you might, they might have an experience like your friend had uh, because they heard from you. And I've often said, you know, Abe, you're not, you're not a wordy person, but you're not afraid to talk either. Uh, you're not, but you're not a wordy person. But sometimes it's that very strong, you, you can come up with a word that's, that, that will put somebody in their place. I'm thinking of, you know, one of my own sons many years ago, you know, he was just shooting his mouth off during one of the, one of these times you guys were together and, and you, uh, you confronted him after all the, the noise kind of subsided and he never forgot that yeah. it, it changed him, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to add to that. Cause I think it is, you have some people who are, they talk a lot, they communicate a lot. You expect that. Right. Mm-hmm. So like there's kind of the expectation and then you have the quieter people who maybe are sitting off to the side and not, nearly as in maybe as engaged they're engaged they're just not they're not communicating but they're thinking they're processing they're whatever but I, I guess I would just say too those like you said um when people do speak that don't speak often it, it is powerful it, it is. is strong it's like wow the fact that they said that that was like a that was a spirit-led word right because it 
they wouldn't normally do that. They're not looking for something, but man, God convicted them. They said they need to say something, bring a bring a truth that yeah. like we needed to hear that. Yeah, I've I've often counseled people who are like you what you just described, uh, and they'll say, "Man, I just would like to say this to them." I'll say, "Then you should." They right. don't expect you to say anything. Right. How much more powerful would that be? We should probably pull Tanner into this conversation. <laughs> He's taping this right now. He's probably over here going, "You're talking about me. You're talking about me." <laughs> so. Uh, He's not ready to do that yet, but he's listening in. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a good. Um, I think it's just such a. I'm, I'm continually convicted about the power of just spending time with the Lord and hearing from the Lord because, at the end of the day, we're nothing without that. I mean, our power comes from the Word, and we've got to hear from God, you know. And I think that's such such a, it's such an elementary truth. But yet we wake up every morning and think, I've got it. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll strategize. I'll plan. I've got, you know, and it and it's an everyday dependence, which I love, you know, your testimony of every day. I mean, you of all people, you could be the one that could say, I, I know scripture. I know the stories. I've read them for 40 years. I don't need to read it again. But, you know, let me j- jump in there because that's a great, I'm so glad you said that because let's go back to the Ramas here. I had that kind of an attitude uh, one day when I was uh, asking God, I said, God, you have got to show me. As I opened up, the, I was in a desperate state. Um, the church I had pastored for almost a dozen years, it had a, um, a great ministry, quadrupled in size, and some great things were happening and had happened. But I just really sensed the Lord. I, I was losing my burden for the church. I couldn't explain it for that particular church. And I I just felt like there was almost a deadness. I had a hard time going into work. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was preparing messages and preaching them, and it was like I didn't want to. I mean, I can't even explain it. And I was sitting down one Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning rather, and I said, God, you have got to show me what you want me to do because I just don't know. I'm sensing you're telling me to leave, but I just don't know what to do. I was in Acts chapter 16, and I remember re- Acts 16. That's the Philippian jailer. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. And I literally thought this, God, I know. I know this passage. I'm going to read it because that's where I'm at, but I already know this passage. And I read how the jailer got saved, how his family got saved. You know, that's the you know dramatic, you know, the prison doors flew open. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. And then uh, it says that next thing you know, Paul's in the house of this jailer and the magistrates come, or officers from the city come to the house and they say in verse 32, uh, the magistrates have required for you to leave. Now depart and go in peace. Now you talk about an obscure passage. I mean, I'm telling you, Abe, it's like I heard God himself say, I'm your magistrate. I'm telling you to leave. Now Go in peace. I walked upstairs. I told Marilyn, I said, honey, I'm telling you, I think God just told me it's time for me to leave Holmes Baptist Church. And she looked right up at me and said, well, he didn't say anything to me. <laughs> and so oh, we had a little problem with that. Yeah. But, uh, but that's what happened. And two days later, after I had turned down Sailorville Baptist Church nine months earlier, two days later on Monday, Kevin Thomas, the chairman of the deacon, called me and said, hey, I don't know how to explain this, but we were going through a bunch of names, yada, yada. Anyway, they all said, we should come back and ask you, would there even be a possibility that you'd throw your hat back in there? And I said, 
I'm in. Yeah. That happened through a rhema of the word of God. Yep. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's just encouraging to continue to be in the word. And it doesn't matter how much you know or how many times you've read a story, God can speak differently every time. Yeah. And, and just what you needed at that moment. Yeah. yeah. So Amen. last words about just reading, reading the word and hearing from God. Anything else you'd like to share? Oh, just, you know, I would just repeat what I said in my message. I, I do love God's word. And if you were to ask me what would one thing you could ask all your church that members who love G who already know Jesus to do, it would be to love the Bible and to never leave their home without reading it every day. It, I think it'll change their lives. It'll change our communities. Um, and so I, I urge you as a listener, whether you're in this church or some other church, be faithful if it's a Bible-believing church. If it's not a Bible-believing church, fill it with your absence and get into one that is <laughs> and, uh, and love the Word of God. Yeah. Well, hey, in closing, why don't you pray that way? Just pray for the people listening that they they just have that special time with the Lord, in the Word, hearing from the Lord, because I think there's a lot of people that are just saying, I want to hear from God. I want to. I want that special word. I need to hear from him. Okay, thanks. Let's pray together. Our Father, uh, we come to you in the spirit of David who said, uh, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things from your law. Give us, Lord, all of us listening here, that kind of heart for your word, for your logos, and then, Lord, would you give us the rhemas, the life-changing experiences, words that would change our lives and words that we might use to change others for your glory and your gospel. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.